This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to a Reunion Radio edition of Knowledge at Wharton, live from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania during Alumni Weekend. Here again is Dan Loney. Knowledge of Wharton on Sirius XM 132, Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, our Reunion Radio special on Saturday. A little extra work for us this week, but nonetheless fun being here on campus. This is graduation weekend, and there is... Lots going out on out on Locust Walk right now with uh, all of the alumni groups that are assembling, all of the flags for their class that they will be carrying up and down Locust Walk, uh, various graduations of schools that are going on over the next couple of days with the big graduation coming up on Monday uh, at Franklin Field, which is the football stadium here at the University of Pennsylvania. So lots going on here on campus, and it's always fun for us to do this uh, these reunion radio shows because we get to meet some of the alumni that are doing some incredible things in their own various sectors uh, that may not normally get back to campus. And so it's an opportunity for us to meet them uh, face-to-face. Also a reminder, make sure that you go to the SiriusXM website so that you download the app app and listen to all the great channels here on the SiriusXM network outside of your car. Download it to your smartphone, your tablet, your home computer, whatever you like. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash app to find out more. There may be times within the life of a company where the corporate leaders may not fully understand what might be going on within the inner workings of their firm, and that has led to a focus on culture and personal success. When those components are missing, employee retention issues can pop up as well. So how does a company deal with those types of problems? There may be a variety of answers, one of which comes through the process of employee feedback. Wharton grad Mark Somal is the co-founder and CEO of Zeal Technology, a software company looking to improve the professional lives of company employees. Nice to meet you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, thanks for coming in. Great to have you. Uh, and you're on campus for your reunion. So how's reunion weekend for you? Reunion's great so far. It's my 20th, and it's exciting to be here and see what's going on on campus. When, when you look in your company and what you do and working with firms, what is kind of the keys to motivating employees right now so you have that great culture? Yeah, there's there's so many things you can do with your employees, um, and we have multi-generational workforces right now. So we have millennials, we have Gen Xers and whatnot. Um, but the key is to first understand um, what motivates them. And so you have to ask them. You have to talk to them. What what are some of the variety of things? Because I mean, obviously, there's there's fi- financial component that that they are that they are looking to have, but there's also security and more and more the 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 want to have a good culture in the office. Yeah, absolutely. One of the big things we look for is meaning and purpose in their jobs. So most people don't want to just get up in the morning and go crank through a whole bunch of work. They want to have some some reason why they're there. And that's one of the biggest things we look for and we help our customers look for is, are they providing some kind of purpose or meaning for their employees to get up every day and come do a great job? But doing that with the software component, how does that play out? So we do that a couple of different ways, but the the fun way we do it is we use a chatbot who's uh, really an artificial intelligence that um, can get on employee communication tools like Slack or Ava, Ava. if, if if I read that correctly. That's correct, yeah. And she'll get on and actually talk to people. Um, and she'll ask questions. Um, she'll ask people, how are you doing today? Which is a basic question about morale. Yeah. Or she'll ask them, do you, um, you know, are you inspired by the vision of your company? Which is a question about purpose. Right. And it's interesting because that is, 
that is more and more the way I think we're going to see various interactions is that there is going to be some sort of digital electronic AI component that is that is kind of playing in. Yeah, I think it's going to be more and more. You're probably seeing it online. Um, most consumers are seeing it online when you go to a website and you can chat with somebody on a website. Right. In some cases, you're actually chatting with an AI or a bot. In our case, we're taking the same concept but applying it internally. Um, and people are getting more and more comfortable with those kinds of conversations. So then how does that that data, that information then relate back to the overall structure and, and running of an office or of a company in terms of, you know, passing that information on to uh, the, the C-suite or the manager's level. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to collect all that information. And we, you know, our company in particular presents it back in a series of dashboards in real time. So if, and, and we also poll people constantly. Right. It's called pulsing. And so that the C-suite or the managers on each team have an idea of how their, their team is doing in the moment. And, um, and then we take the feedback and we put it through a sentiment analysis engine and we start to pull out those things that um, are important that employees are talking about. And it could be anything from um, issues with, uh, with management. We get, um, you know, we have a couple companies that some of the biggest issues they face is just giving people feedback. And we're in an environment where this idea <laughs> of uh, uh, an annual um, performance review is yeah. going away, yeah. right? You probably talked about it here. Oh, on, on absolutely. This radio, right? it's, it, if it's not sometimes a monthly or quarterly review, it may even be something uh, of a weekly review. Just yeah. you know, manager to employee say, "Hey, by the way, I liked what you did on X project. Let's you know see what we can do on Y project as well." Yeah. And the idea that, you know, we can, and I agree with you, weekly is probably the best cadence. People need to know how they're doing. It's quite kind of staggering that we don't give them more feedback. Is it is it partly because I, I think in, in today's society, because we are so busy, that there is there are in many cases that need for reaffirmation? I think it's that, but I think it's just natural, too. I mean, think about it. You shouldn't go three months without knowing how you're doing, whether it's a project or just in general. Or if you had a, a couple bad um, issues at, at work, have an idea of, of what you should do to fix those. And that's part of this feedback process is we give those managers um, a sense for what they should go talk to their employees about because the employees are giving them that feedback rather than guessing. And, and I guess in today's age, uh, the the need to to kind of have that relationship between employee and and executive level or managerial level and doing it with the AI component is is the natural fit today. Yeah, we think that's the future. Um, and doing it, yeah, the relationship between the manager and an employee, you know, there are people like Gallup who say that that's the most important relationship in a company. And you've heard the saying a million times, people don't quit jobs, they quit their managers. So by informing those relationships, um, you know, we can help, help retain employees. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, it's also about giving that employee a better experience. It, it, it is obviously culture is a is an important topic for many companies these days, and companies have a different way of, of handling that topic. It, it, I find it interesting that that the software is actually a component in this, but I guess at times, depending on the structure of the company and how busy that that company may be from a variety of aspects. It is an issue culture that can get kind of lost in the wash at times. Yeah, it does. And it, it, it can get well lost and it can, can be, in some cases, it's not, it's something that people focus on. We had, um, we talked to one company where, where the leader said to me, Mark, what if I don't care how my people are doing? I just want them to work harder, which is kind of a staggering comment when you yeah, think about it. Right. Um, but the reality is he needs to know how his 
people were doing, right. even if that was his ultimate goal. But at the end of the day, those people are probably going to leave because they're working in a, in a tough environment. Um, but um, coming back to your question, making sure that, that those managers have a, have, are informed of what they need to talk to their employees about is a critical part of the conversation. So culture is born at each of these individual relationships. And, so, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. So where are, how is the best way to gain that data from, from people themselves? Obviously, part of it is using this AVE app, but what about the, the, the potential use of, of software and apps since everybody is on their smartphone as well? Yeah, there, there are other ways people are approaching this. You, there are companies that are, are actually scanning and reading people's emails and trying to put it's really yeah I'm I'm not a huge believer in that yeah right but it's out there yeah um, and some companies are starting to use that and they use that to to understand the sentiment of their company based on on um, positive and negative comments in people's emails just to each other looking for keywords that that may give them a, a, a an idea of to that the mindset of that employee it's like eavesdropping in on the uh, on the water cooler ooh that could be a, that could be a tricky area for some companies and and I would imagine it's it's obviously a potential problem for them if if it is not handled properly I agree and I think the issue there is trust and that's ultimately what we're trying to help build is a trusted right. relationship between people and their leaders and people and their peers too. How did Zeal come about in the first place? It came about um four of us started the company uh a group of four people had worked together about 3 years and we worked on a really challenging culture and um I found myself and sitting down with my my HR leader on a weekly basis going through lists of employees <laughs> and just we were to have these conversations. How's so-and-so doing? You know, they're pregnant or how's so-and-so doing? And just trying to get a sense for, for how people are doing uh, by hand, you know, on paper and in spreadsheets. And we realized, well, we're in the software business. There's got to be a better way to do this. Right. Um, and we also started using chatbots and other um, and other applications in our office, and we realized that marrying these two things together was going to make for an interesting product. So, where's the expansion then for you with this type of this type of idea, this type of process? So, the expansion is this is the kind of application that applies to every company. So, we're starting um, in verticals and um, and moving on, but this is the kind of product that every company on the planet can use and benefit from. And, and as I said before, it becomes more and more important because of the concerns around culture these days in the office. Yeah, and I think the, the concerns about culture, people are misinterpreting um, ways to impact culture. So you see a lot of companies providing free lunches or, yeah. or scooters or whatnot, yeah. and they think that that makes culture. And those are nice perks, but that's, that's not culture. The culture is what's happening underneath, underlying everything going on at your company. Do people um, speak... Um, speak nicely with each other? Is there, is there good teamwork? Things yeah. like that that really underlie the culture. Do you think that then, for not necessarily with your company, but the push, many companies have been wanting to go more with teams focusing on projects than individuals on projects these days. Has that really improved the culture, do you believe, of, of a majority of companies because that philosophy does incorporate more people and you talk to people not only about the project, but you're probably talking about life issues as well? You should be talking about life issues. Um, it's And it's a funny thing that we don't really talk about emotions in the office, but they're there. So why do we ignore those things? And um, But coming back to the teamwork comment, Teamwork's essential in everything that we do at businesses. Almost every project is is some team element, and if it's not a team element, you've got to go in and influence people anyway. And so, um, getting people to work better as teams is critical, um, and getting people to understand that teamwork. Um, there's so many different ways to make teamwork better, 
And it's not always a, having a bunch of A players on a team. Google's run a bunch of really interesting projects, one called um, Project Aristotle. Mm-hmm. And they learned that um, the best teams aren't necessarily made of all A players. The best teams are the teams that coalesce, that talk about life issues, um, that build a sense of trust with each other. And because they're working for each other at that point, they yeah. actually outperform the uh, team of A players. But I would imagine that part of this, it's also a learning process for people within the business culture that that's an acceptable way to approach it. Because I think for so so long, it really wasn't. You you know, you separated your work and your business, and those really never came into play together when you were in the office. Yeah, and and when you think about it logically. Um, yeah, you know, this idea that business isn't personal. Well, businesses are made of people. And so by definition, it is personal. And business and people have emotions. And so by definition, their emotions are coming into the office every day, whether you like it or not. And so and this is part of um, some research I've done. And so there's been some really good research done at the Wharton School here by a couple of professors around emotional culture. Yeah. And this concept that there's um, there's more than just putting values and visions on a, on a wall. Um, the culture of the organization is actually made up by, by somewhat by the emotions going around the office. And I would imagine that depending on the company, uh, the, the value can have a bottom line impact on, on the firm as well. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about getting in a, in a team environment like we were just describing where teams are performing better um, because the culture is better, because they have a better sense for how their teammates are doing, those teams perform better. And then depending on what organization they're in, that could drive up sales, um, can improve customer success, um, and ultimately increase profits. How, how much of a recognition does it also have to be for the HR department of the firm as well? Because they're the ones that end up, if you get a variety of employees that are leaving, they're the ones that have to, to fix the problem. Yeah, an answer to it. Um, yeah. One of the, one of the um, early things we talked about in terms of starting this business was the fact that um, – you go into an executive meeting these days, and the salesperson walks in with their report on pipeline and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the marketing person talks about qualified leads and whatnot. And the HR person will come in with a slide, and it's going to talk about, um, you know, who's throwing the next party and who's who's got a birthday. And I'm exaggerating, obviously, <laughs> right, but, right. but you really, you know, that the the HR leaders and the talent management leaders should also be armed with data too, and they can come into those team those executive team meetings and say, here's what the data says. Here's what we need to go do about it. Right. And it's not just a whole bunch of people left because the real question is why are they leaving and what can we do to fix but it? it? It becomes important. And I won't name the company, but I know there is an example of a company that, that's here in Philadelphia that the culture they had, and it was geared more towards the millennial generation, uh, that you know one of the things that they would do is have Friday happy hours mm-hmm. within the company. And, and, and that took me back. A back, I should say, that a company would, I mean, you want to do certain things for your employees and make them feel warm and, and make them feel like it's a good culture. But then again, you, you come back to the basic bottom line element of you're still doing something that probably most companies would say, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, it's funny, those types of things. Um, if they're done with the right intent, you know, I've heard of companies that do Friday breakfast. Okay. And what's great, what, what, it's not just about the food. Um, if that brings people together and it brings people together in a way that they can communicate, talk about each other's yeah. lives, what their kids are doing that weekend or whatever it is, then that can have a really positive impact on the culture. So, so then it, when you have those types of instances, then how important is it to have the engagement of the C-suite also involved with that? I mean, it's one thing to have the employees and the, and the managers 
But when you have the C-suite buying into it as well, it probably you know gets a, a tenfold bump. Yeah, it's essential. C-suite has to be involved, um, and they have to care too. Uh, the story I just told about the, the breakfast, uh, the company that we work with, um, was so focused on profit that they decided to cancel these breakfasts oh. to save money. And they completely lost the point of it. They completely lost the idea that people are getting together and really bonding over these things. And that's, that's why they were working better together. You so, cu- go ahead. I'm sorry. And you cut out these breakfasts and, and you lose those things. And that's because the C-suite isn't thinking about what these people actually need. And so part of, uh, of your job with Zeal is also to provide that information and, and, and if you can, help build an awareness to those types of issues. Yeah, awareness is a great way to put it. Give some visibility to some issues that people may not, may not even notice. And we always, we laugh because we always come up with surprises. We find some things in organizations that they never realized, and um, those end up being, can be really powerful things for them to then go address. How frequently do you see an instance where an issue, you know, just kind of went under the radar and wasn't considered either on the radar or a problem for a particular company? It's, it happens frequently. Um, we had one of our customers who's regularly wins best places to work, um, do a great job with their culture, and, um, and to their credit, they wanted to put a product in place that would help them get better. Yeah. Um, what we discovered for them is uh, the, the employees had a real need and desire for career development, right. and, um, and they, they didn't see that coming. Uh, and and which, which is great because now they have an element to, that, that actually can make their culture that much better and give their employees that much more of a reason to stay. It, it, it is a unique kind of balance when you're talking about talking about employees and, and the culture that may be within a company. And you're talking about both the personal and the professional that you have to kind of kind of meld together to bring a benefit. It, it's, it is an amazing time in that the the personal has become such an important component to the professional success. Yeah, it really has. It really has the personal side of it. And we've talked about emotions here a bit already, but understanding all those things underlying the company is, uh, is so important. Um, and you see companies address this in different ways. So um, Pixar is a great example. If you've ever seen a, a image of Pixar's offices, they have, um, you know, these stuffed animals, all these things from their movies that they've done. And, it's just a constant reminder of the success of the organization and the constant reminder of the individual contributions that have actually made things work really well at Pixar. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're an employee walking around the office, you'll constantly see things that you can take pride in. Right. That's really important. But, but that, I mean, that's obviously an, an amazing example, but there are, there are probably other companies where you can't have that specific component, but you probably have to be very unique and creative in the ways that that you can come up with and pro, pro, uh, pro, uh, provide this this success and this feeling of uh, of uh, of of community within the company. Yeah, and it can. You're right. It can take a lot of different forms. If it's not the kind of company where you can have these what they call artifacts in the office, um, you can still do the kind of community and team building things that that you see companies do, but they still have to be done with some care. You know, there's a lot of backlash against team building events yeah. um, because they felt so corporate or forced. And some of them are forced. And you've got to do it in a way that, uh, that people will respond to. And it's, we find it in a lot of ways it works better on an organic basis, meaning coming up bottoms up from the organization, mm-hmm. which is why getting this feedback is so important. Is you're, if you listen, your employees will tell you what they need. 
We're joined here in studio by Mark Somo, who's co-founder and CEO of Zeal Technology, Wharton grad as well. You're listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Is this going to continue to be, a, I think, a core component of how businesses feel that they need to succeed is the relationship they have with the employees and being able to understand when there are concerns or when there are things that they are doing well? Yeah, it's it's going to continue, and I think what's going to happen is as companies adopt more and more of these types of tools and products and, and really the processes, um, the ones that do it will be more and more successful, and that will draw other people along with it. And then as things go with business, you know, the leaders that do well with these kinds of uh, processes will then take those to the next companies that they run, and that's, I think, how this is going to spread. So then what does that mean for Zeal? For Zeal, that means we've got to um, – you know, we've got to make our, our customers successful at the end of the day. Um, and, and that means finding real things for them to work on to improve their, the working lives of their employees. And through those successes, that's how we'll create some kind of virality for our business. And the relationship part of it has to be an incredible piece to it as well in building that trust and building that relationship with the companies to be able to do this work. Yes, absolutely. And we do um, – part of what we do is, is – um, monthly reviews with all of our customers on how their people are doing. And so it's not just providing the data. We also provide some coaching along the way right. and best practices. Um, some companies, you know, doing something like this, really measuring their employee engagement beyond a traditional annual engagement survey, doing it on a real-time basis, it can be a little scary. And I mean that um, from the standpoint that once we start collecting feedback from people, you've got to listen. And then you have to act on it. If you don't act on it, then you're going to break that trusted bond with the employees. And that can be a little scary. It's almost like um, forcing change in the organization. And you have to be ready for that. Um, and we, therefore, have to be ready to support you yeah. in that as well. Mark, great meeting you. Thanks for coming in. Enjoy, Thanks, your, enjoy your reunion. Thank you. Thank you. Mark Somal, co-founder and CEO of Zeal Technology, joining us here in studio. After the break, we will have our number of the day. And then uh, we're going to continue our reunion radio specials uh, talking about the Hollywood uh, side, or I should say talking about Hollywood, uh, but not the movie-making part of it, but the technology, uh, technology side and the software side of the industry. We'll talk about that coming up in just a couple of minutes. And then in our final 30, we will be talking about Bumble. It was first a dating app, but now it is so much more. Part of that because of the mindset of the CEO. We're going to be talking with the uh, global head of strategy for Bumble coming up in about 30 minutes' time. Second hour of Knowledge at Wharton on our reunion radio special kicks off in just a minute here on Sirius XM 132, business radio powered by the Wharton School. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.